0: colby i think we're officially on brawl watch this is exciting let's talk about that ninth inning and more here on the locked on mariners podcast colby hit it you are locked on mariners your daily seattle mariners podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is Tuesday, June the 7th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. He's Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at insidethemariners.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, D-A-N-E G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11, that's CPAT11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics, whereas Lockdown Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with DMs. We also get into some non-baseball discussions on control the zone as well. It's a fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. And if if you're watching us on YouTube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up especially if your team Brawl greatly appreciate it so of course we had a lot happen last night in the Mariners 7-4 win over the Astros to kick off their three game set down in Houston and before we get into the show again apologies for the audio quality in this episode my audio interfaces Gone kaput. Hoping to have that fixed by tomorrow's show. But uh, you're going to have to deal with the sounds of my uh, laptop mic, unfortunately, today. Uh, but we, uh, we're going to be talking about Robbie Ray's unfortunate struggles, which continued last night. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, Mariners' bullpen, which was fantastic last night. Also talking about Cal Raleigh, who honestly had his best game of his career, quite frankly, last night. Uh, but we got to talk about what happened in that ninth inning to start all this off. I think that's the only thing running through my mind, your mind, Coley, and our listeners mind here as well. Hector Neris, right-handed reliever for the Houston Astros throws a 94 mile per hour fastball behind Ty France with two outs, no one on uh, in just a one run game. It was five to four Mariners at the time throws behind him. Neris had only walked four batters leading up to this point. And again, it's a fastball. So very clearly there was some intent there. I think we can say that. I think we can all just knowing even a modicum of baseball can understand that that was definitely intentional by Nerys. And so they kicked things off. Scott Service had some words for Nerys. Then the Astros dugout had some words for Scott Service. And Service chirped back. And Service led the way as the two sides collided at home plate in exchange some colorful language some we will hopefully refrain from using on this show because we are definitely fired up <laughs> about this game but no punches were thrown though this uh, definitely does not seem like it is over between these two teams plus there was a little bit of bad blood that was created between these two teams last year with the Dylan Moore grand slam game uh, so there there's there's a lot of beef here and and i assume that this is going to continue and Certainly what happened after the benches cleared was even more disgusting, but we'll get to that later. Colby, what is your just overall reaction to the first half of this mess that happened in the ninth inning?
1: Um, That the Astros are awfully sensitive about a team they claim is not a threat to them. Um, Because like you mentioned, this isn't the first time that one of their guys has thrown at one of our guys um it's happened last july uh obviously dylan moore hit the grand slam and then it took brooks Rayleigh three attempts to hit jp but he finally did it and um even then we didn't get really the the reaction we got last night so uh it's a little weird the reaction um because it looked initially like what had happened was throws behind him ty was just The umpire said, no, that didn't hit you. And Ty was saying, no, it it hit me. And it looked like Scott was asking him, you know, did, like, are you saying that didn't hit him? And from that, from the angles we saw at least, that's when it looks like the Astros started yelling at Scott. And Scott was like, you know, shut your mouth, blah, blah, blah. Obviously a lot more colorful than that. Um, And that's kind of what led it. There is is an angle that kind of shows the uh, Astros' first base coach walking towards Scott's service um which by the way is an immediate ejection. If you're a home plate umpire, that one's a layup. Toss him right away. Uh for inciting a a brawl. I don't know if we officially call it a brawl when no punches are thrown, but I'm counting it. Um so you yeah, know, just a very weird situation. Um it's fun when you when you, you know, and this doesn't happen often for the Mariners, but you kind of get different camera angles and of course every camera in the ballpark is now on one central area. Uh, so you get to see a bunch of angles. We saw uh, Julio lit- literally wrap and pick up Neris and walk him away from the from the pile. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not the last time that he would manhandle Neris, uh on the night, but we will get to that in a minute. Uh, we see father
0: son just typical Dylan- father son time. Yeah.
1: Father son time. <laughs> right. We see uh, Dylan Moore uh, like going after Dusty, um, not physically, but definitely verbally, uh, getting in his face, uh, pointing his finger, which kind of funny to see a guy like Dylan Moore go after a legend like Dusty Baker uh, and I appreciate it so <laughs> yeah it was just it was just this weird thing where it it I don't know like what the Astros were upset about um I know someone like Ray almost hit like four of our guys and it's like he didn't throw behind any of your guys yeah and it's it's and funny it's very I was,
0: clear that robbie ray was struggling with his command which we'll talk about right. later on in the show and but. anybody
1: who's watched robbie ray for the last month knows that those arm side misses they're common right he's not trying to hit anybody and oh by the way kyle tucker swung at two pitches <laughs> that almost hit him so eh, you know it's kind of tough to say they're thrown at you when you swing at them but it is what it is um, and, uh, yeah, after that, you know, it, it seemed like, I don't know if Nerys is doing that on his own or if Dusty told him to do it. Uh, obviously though, it was intentional. There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah. and, you know, I said to give him credit, like, Hey, you know, you threw out his head's backside. If you're going to hit somebody, that's the best place to do it. Um, there was no reason for Nerys to do it, but if he was going to, then at least he, you know, did it in a safe spot, so to speak. But. What ensues afterwards is, is a pretty you know dark mark on, on Hector Neris uh and honestly the Astros organization as a whole.
0: Yeah. So let's get into that. So right after France was hit and the benches cleared and the dust settled, uh Julio Rodriguez uh hit a two-run opposite field home run to shut that entire building up. He absolutely just ripped the soul out of Minute Maid Park uh with that home run. It's now seven to four. After they put France on base, you know, again, this was a one run game. <laughs> yep. And for this to happen, I mean, it's it's just it's poetic. It's beautiful uh, the way that this uh, this came together. And uh, so after, you know, Julio rounded the bases, he's pretty fired up. Obviously, the dugout's pretty fired up. Uh, Neris is, is starting to get pretty frustrated. He then walks J.P. Crawford. And right after that very first pitch to Eugenio Suarez, who had nothing to do with this, by the way. Suarez had struck out four times. He got golden sombreroed in this game. Mm-hmm. He, he was one of the Astros'
1: to... best players that night. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he had nothing to do with this whatsoever. And Narris fires, not a breaking ball, not some soft toss pitch, not, nothing like that. He throws a 94.4 mile per hour fastball at Eugenio Suarez's head, which, thank God miss suarez's head but had it landed that could have done serious potentially Mm -hmm. irreparable damage to suarez and maybe even his career uh that is the most one of the most if not the most disgusting acts you can do on on a major league baseball field uh Mm -hmm. in in that instance because your pride is hurt you tried and i'm talking about neris here you tried to basically impact a man's livelihood. You hurtled mm-hmm. a hard object, 95 miles per hour, at A.U.N.E.O. Suarez's head. The fact that this umpire crew did not eject him on the spot, they had to meet first, and it took mm-hmm. about a good 15, 20 seconds before Neris was actually officially ejected, and then they didn't even... Let, they didn't even force him off the field. They allowed him to make his case after the ejection yeah. and argue as a point along with Dusty Baker, who was also eventually ejected. But the fact that that went on is disgraceful after what was very clearly a frustrated Neres trying to hurt Eugenio Suarez, who, again, had nothing to do with this situation. Just got roped into this BS for no good reason. And Neres should absolutely be suspended. Not just one game, multiple games. He tried to legitimately hurt Eugenio Suarez. And that is disgusting. That is disgraceful. That is gross. That should not be in our game whatsoever. Now, do I have any uh, hope or uh, feel that, that Major League Baseball is actually going to hand down such suspension? No not whatsoever, especially after the way that they reacted to it on the field. So what makes you think the league office is going yeah. to react any differently? Plus, let's,
1: let's be honest, the Major League Baseball doesn't care about the Seattle Mariners. They don't. Yeah. If this was the Yankees, yeah, pretty good chance. Um, and I know that's, you know, oh, your West Coast cry, blah, blah, blah. Nope, I'm serious. I, I think if this was the Yankees or the Red Sox that had one of their players, their head thrown at after everything that or- had already happened, happened. Uh, then that pitcher would have been suspended for a game or two. Oh, because uh, this would
0: have been this would have been all over sports national letter. news, this would, right? MLB Network, um, all all over Twitter, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right, and so it just it's one of those things. Like you said, it's got and then uh, you know Dusty has the nerve to go out there and, and defend his guy after the game, and it's like that's I get that part of that's your job, but at the same time, Dusty, you're a player, right? You were a player for a long time you know the head area is off limits. You do not go after somebody's head. You do not go after above the shoulders. Um I'll say the same thing of a mariner, you know, throw at somebody's head tonight. Suspend Absolutely. him. It's it's not it's there's no place for that in our game. Um and you know, we'll see what happens tonight and tomorrow. Uh Verlander, you know, likes to take the, take things personally unless it's his teammate then he's very forgiving about it. Um being the, you know, biggest hypocrite in baseball that he is. Uh so we'll see if, if he wants to do anything about it. I don't think the Mariners are going to respond. Um I I I could be wrong, but you know, they kind of need Flexon to give them innings tonight and, and yeah. I don't I don't think they want to
0: I think they might save it for the second half of the game. Uh, I, I do yeah, I kind mean, of feel like they might respond. It just, it depends on the situation because the Mariners are, I would assume going to be smart about this. Cause if they weren't, they probably would have responded in the ninth with Diego Castillo last right. night. Um, but it was a three run right. game, you know, just yeah, like they, it was a one rattling. run game when Narris mm-hmm. you know, threw at France, you know, that's just a right. stupid decision. Um, right. so, you know, and, and, we saw, you know, the the negative impact that that had on the Astros as well mm-hmm. led to, to a cushion. Because, honestly, you know, they had the top of the order coming up at the bottom of the ninth. That game was still very much winnable for the Astros. And mm-hmm. that whole well, situation I mean, completely sucked the momentum out of that bu- yeah. out of that building.
1: Right. And, I mean, it's it was pretty clear early on that the Mariners weren't going to have Paul Seawall tonight. Um, you know, one-run game, Castillo's been pretty good lately, but, you know, it's the top of your order, uh, and you, you have a good shot in that ballpark. Uh, you know, just takes a walk and a, and a cheap home run over the the Crawford boxes, and, and you win that game. So um, pretty stupid by Naris to do what he did um, the first time and then just downright scummy to do what he did the second time. Um, yeah. The Mariners now 5-5 five and five against the Astros. They've got a pretty good shot. Uh, maybe not tonight, but, uh, you know, who knows huh. the Mariners are, are kind of on one of those roles right now where you never really know. Um, but they still have a pretty good shot to win one of the next two and take their third series from the Astros. Um, to me, it's already been a successful road trip. They've clinched a winning road trip. Um, they, like, like I said, they have a good shot to win all three of the series on this road trip. Uh, and they, they showed, um, showed a little bit of, of backbone, a little bit of fight, uh, which we knew they had, but, you know, sometimes it's it's the division rival that has to bring it out of you. It's it's the team that yeah. uh, looks down on you, even though you're literally doing battle with them. And and the Mariners and the Astros have played 10 times. Never once have I gotten the impression that the Astros were just leaps and bounds better than the Seattle Mariners. It hasn't happened yet. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens tonight. Um, you know, it'd be great to have a repeat of what happened the last time Flex and face Verlander. Uh but uh yeah, obviously all eyes are gonna be on any, any pitch that's in you know off the inside corner uh is, is going to be scrutinized pretty heavily. So we'll see how the umpires react. We'll see how Flexen and Verlander react. And uh, it, it could be explosive or it could just be another night at the ballpark, but we'll see.
0: I'll we'll have to see. It's gonna be a really, really interesting game, really interesting series. These teams are gonna see a lot more of one another uh over the next couple months as well. They finish their series or season series with one another on July thirty first. Right before the trade deadline, and then that's mm-hmm. it. That's all they're going to see of one another. So we're going to we're going to be seeing these teams uh, go after one another quite a few more times here in uh, the short while, and uh, that's going to keep all these things pretty fresh in their minds. So we'll see how it all uh, plays out. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Robbie Ray, uh, who struggled last night before all this stuff exploded. Um, we're going to be talking all about that in just a moment. But real quick. A reminder, this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person beyond the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right after you're done listening to us and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there, how did you hear about us, box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now, before we talk about Robbie Ray, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. All right, so Robbie Ray uh, had another disappointing start in a Mariners uniform last night before everything popped off. Uh, This was a much different looking game at one point. The Mariners gave him three separate leads. He blew two of them immediately. Uh, The Mariners got out to a 1-0 lead. He gave up a solo home run to Jose Altuve to lead off the bottom of the first. Then, in the second inning, he gets a 4-1 lead thanks to uh, Cal Raleigh's uh, 3-run home run and then gives that up as well with another pair of home runs. The fact that he made it through five innings with just four runs to his credit. Honestly, nothing short of a miracle here. He had just 10 swings and misses, and he was either catching too much of the plate or just missing it entirely. Colby, you know who I am. You know, I'm a process over results guy, sometimes at least, you know, except for when it's Cal Raleigh and Luis Torrens. <laughs> except for when it's Cal Raleigh and Luis Torrens, then, you know, it's it, more more so rather it's when it fits my narrative, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way. But yeah. Accurate. I would say at this point, you know, it's still relatively early in the season, still young, but the Mariners, frankly, need more from their $115 million starting pitcher, yeah. right?
1: Absolutely. Um, this is also two starts in a row where it's just – you know, the previous four or five starts, it was like, look, he had the one inning, and then he, after that he was great. Uh, this is the second in a row where he was never really great. Uh, he didn't have a stretch where he was like, oh, like okay, there you go. Um, it, it always felt like he was walking, you know, the tightrope, and, and like you said, the Mariners, they they gave him four runs in the first two innings, and he immediately gave them back. And that's just – this team is not built or equipped to consistently, you know, play add-on their, their lineup's not deep enough to do that. Um, you know, give them credit last night. They were able to do it. Uh, you know, some, some pretty big hits Cal Raleigh, obviously the big one, uh, the relay throw, uh, from Dylan Moore and Adam Frazier, which I, I don't know what the Astros were thinking about sending Altuve on that play, he was out by literally 20 feet. Um, so thanks for that, that, that would have tied the game. So, uh, appreciate that. That's sadly that was not the dumbest thing the Astros did last night, hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, it was. It was a struggle from Robbie Ray. You know, he threw 58 pitch or uh, 98 pitches, only uh, 54 of them were for strikes. So you're looking at about a 55 percent strike rate. That's that's not going to work. Uh, he only generated 10 whiffs, uh, eight of them on the slider. Slider was pretty good when he located it, but. It caught a lot of the plate, like you said. It was it was either down the middle of the plate or it was just completely off the plate and, and not not even a pitch that anybody would offer at, uh, not close enough to the strike zone uh, to, to warrant a str- uh, swing. So uh, the Astros give him credit. They had a good plan off of Robbie. They, they clearly saw something there. Um, it's kind of interesting looking at Robbie's StatCast uh, page today. Uh-huh. They credited him with throwing 26 sinkers. Robbie Ray doesn't have a sinker.
0: Yeah, they
1: have him throwing as many sinkers as forcing fastballs. So mm. I don't know what they were picking up on that. Um, that would, you know, say it was different than anything he's thrown. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Velosco, do you have the do you, do you have the movement
0: numbers there in front of
1: you? Uh, I have the uh, yeah. Um,
0: so is there anything yeah, different int- there?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, there is Uh the maximum break on the slider or on the, uh, sinker was 22 inches. Uh, the four, four seamer was, uh, 15, hmm. uh, the sinker was at, they gave it 18, uh, on the average for vertical break. So this is up and down, uh, 12 on the fastball. So it did have more sink, um, and honestly more horizontal break. So, uh, spin rates, Fastball spin rate was actually up significantly last night, and the slider. Um, so yeah, just kind of a weird. Maybe we have to go back and watch that because Robbie Ray does not have a sinker.
0: Um, so what these numbers tell me, and we'll have again, we'll have to go back and watch. But was he out there experimenting? <laughs>
1: I don't think it was experiment. I think what we saw is we saw them. We saw, we clearly saw a change of game plan from them uh-huh. after the second inning, and in terms of keeping the Astros off the scoreboard, it worked. In terms of Robbie Ray like looking dominant at any point last night, it did not. So kind of up and down, uh, you know, with with that. But they clearly made an adjustment. I just, I mean, it was the adjustment literally Robbie Ray started throwing two seam fastballs? Like, I don't – it's just weird because, this again, this is not a pitch that Ray has ever shown. And now he's popped off with 27 of them, uh, and there is a difference, at least movement-wise, between that and his four-seamer. Now, maybe he was just throwing the four-seamer, and somehow he started getting more movement on it, and Stackhouse differentiated the two pitches because of the the difference in break. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's something to ask Robbie. Uh, But uh, it is interesting that he had – or Stackhouse – saw two separate fastballs and it, it would be one thing if like, there was like three pitches that got classified as a sinker, and you're just like okay those get those are misclassified it happens sometimes huh. it's twenty seven it, he threw it twenty six times, and they have twenty five four fastballs, so it's not That's a small so number weird. of his pitches, yeah, so I don't know, we'll see, but yeah it it was just it was bad he needs to be more competitive and it needs to start really soon because right now. You know Robbie Ray is your most inconsistent starter, and that's in a rotation that includes includes Chris Flexen and Marco, who at any time can just get obliterated um, if they don't have their good control or command. So yeah. it's it's troublesome. It's also why Jerry needs and wants to go get another, you know, top of the rotation, middle of the rotation arm uh, to not only protect against Chris Flexen and maybe Marco Gonzalez, but also at this stage, Robbie Ray. So yeah, you're not taking him out of the rotation. You're not even considering that right now. No, no. Maybe there's a phantom IL stint to give him some rest or something. I don't know, but uh, you're, you're just kind of stuck with him because we see the upside, and when he's on, he can beat anybody in baseball. So you're not benching him. You're not taking him out of the rotation, uh, but he does need to start pitching better.
0: Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's really that simple. Yeah, it's inexcusable at this point. You know, because mm-hmm. he, he's, he's more than ramped up at this point. He's had <laughs> plenty of starts. Mm-hmm. He's had plenty of, plenty of innings pitched. And uh, yeah, they just, the, the results are not there. And the home runs, he's now tied for second in Major League Baseball with Josiah Gray for most home runs mm-hmm. Uh yeah. That's 14 now. <laughs> he allowed three more last night. Uh, it's ridiculous. And also, prime example of why pitcher wins and losses are absolutely a meaningless stat. Robbie Ray got the win in this game. And uh, he, let's just say, was not the most deserving pitcher on the Mariners that threw last night for that title. Uh, But we're going to talk about those who actually were deserving of that title in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder to this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? What if I told you that you can have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because Caramel Brownie Bars are available at Built.com right now and you gotta act fast because they are a fan favorite. So forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. And the best part, caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Like, for real. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. So go to built.com, try some for yourself. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K D one five for fifteen percent off your order. Again, that's L O C K D one five for fifteen percent off your order at built.com. How are those faces working out for you, Colby? Good. Nice, nice, good. All right, so let's talk. <laughs> I'm hungry too. I'm hungry too. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the bullpen first before we uh, we go have lunch. Uh, the uh, the Mariners bullpen was great. In this game, Uh, this was a 2021 esque performance from them. Of course, we talked about Robbie Ray's poor start. It was 5-4 Mariners. They were basically clinging on for dear life. We know how much of a house of horrors this uh, stadium has been, Minute Maid Park, and how well the Astros hit at said park, especially in the clutch. We've seen too many times the Astros come from behind against the Mariners down at Minute Maid Park. Uh, but this bullpen held on strong and did so without its best piece, Paul Seawalt. He did not pitch in this game. He was not available. Uh, but Penn Murphy comes in, throws one and two-thirds innings, just one hit, and then gets replaced by Ryan Barucki, making his uh, Mariners <laughs> debut. And he gets thrown right into the fire. Got to face Yordan Alvarez, one of the best hitters in all baseball right now. And he gets him to ground out on his second and final pitch of the outing. And then... Sergio Romo comes in after his last two starts in which he's allowed a combined four home runs. Did I say starts? I mean outings. He allowed four combined home runs in those two outings and Scott service decides to trust him. He decides to trust his three time world series champion. Mm -hmm. And I told you in our DMS last night, I was like, I kind of like that, you know, trust the veteran. It's only been two bad outings. Look, that's probably not who Sergio Romo is. No. So, and, and again, we've talked about how you know great he is at generating weak contact. I thought that was a good spot for him, especially towards the middle to bottom of the Astros lineup to kind of get his feet wet and come in in a big spot, especially when you don't have many good options to begin yeah. with anyway. So that's another reason. That I was like, I kind of like this because, honestly, I don't trust anyone else either, so why not? Let's just give Sergio Romo a shot here. And it wasn't pretty, but... He got through it. He battled through 26 pitches. He got six whiffs, which is not really Sergio Romo's bag, but mm-hmm. he did that. And he had a really good slider at times. There were some yep. really nice sliders that he threw off the outside uh, part of the plate. And uh, so he, he makes it out scoreless. And then everything, you know, popped off in the ninth inning. And then Diego Castillo came in. He walked a batter, which is the first time in 22 batters that he had let someone get on base up to that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but other than that, pretty easy going outing for, for Diego Castillo, who shuts the door on the Astros. And this bullpen was fantastic. I mean, Cal Raleigh had a big night. Julio obviously had the home run. But for, for me, the MVP of this game was the Mariners' bullpen. Yeah, um
1: a group last night I referred to several times as the other guys uh, really mm-hmm. stepped up. It's it's you know, it's Penn Murphy, Ryan Baroki and and Sergio Romo. Uh, they're peacocks, you got to let them fly. Romo had six whiffs on his slider on seven swings. Uh, he also had three called strikes on the so not only was he getting, you know, weak swings from good hitters on his slider. He threw three of them in the strike zone. Three of the thirteen were in the strike zone, um, you know. And, and he got six swings and misses on top of it as well. Even the hit he gave up, such a low. Like it was a really good changeup, and Tucker just kind of flicked it. Um, mm. It was a really good piece yeah. of hitting from Tucker. He was badly fooled. Uh, should have been strike three, but he just kind of flipped it. You know, it's it's what good hitters yeah. do. They find a way to spoil great pitches. And so Romo was fantastic. The one walk, uh, really troublesome, but. I mean, not all that.
0: It was. It was that was a walk, the Pena, right? Peña. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's it's to get to. That was a fun battle, by the way. That was a really fun. Yeah, battle. it was. You got, a, the, yeah. you got the old crafty vet going up against mm-hmm. a young hot shot rookie, and it came down to a full count, right? And he kept on throwing that slider off the outside yep. corner of the plate, and you know, Pena mm-hmm. would foul it off, or he'd hold off, or maybe he would chase. He chased. I think once on one of them, it was uh, it was a fun battle. That was a really that was a really fun inning overall from Romo. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, he would not give in to him because he had McCormick and Maldonado on deck. Yeah. Um, and you know, he struck out McCormick and then Castro, the pinch hitter, came up. He struck him out too. Um, so yeah, just veteran, you know, savvy. Penn Murphy, probably the most overlooked guy in this game. Uh, yeah. you know, he was great. He, he threw 12 pitches to get five outs. Um yeah. interestingly, he only generated one whiff. Um mm-hmm. The Mariners' bullpen as a whole generated seven whiffs last night in four innings, and six of them were Sergio Romo. Um, But they only allowed two hard-hit balls, one of them being the Jordan Alvarez ground out uh, that Baroque uh, kind of Got a uh, hundred miles per hour off the bat, but hey, you know what? It's an out. It's an out, and that's kind of what uh, Baroki's going to going to try and do. Like that's I think what Scott wants him to do. It's basically, hey, we need you to get out Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker, Shohei Otani, and you know that's basically all we need and want for you to do. He's he's been pretty good at it throughout his career. Uh-huh. Uh, carrying the loogie is very very tough. Um, but there are some key lefties in this division that you do have to get out, um, and the Mariners. And Alvarez uh, is one of them. Yeah, and I mean, so will be Brantley and and Tucker and and yeah. you know it's kind of kind of dependent. I don't know if he would have gone to Baroque if uh, if there was one out and he had to face another hitter after Alvarez. I suspect he might it he might have done it, but it's it's kind of that risky running where if you don't get the lefty out like you're supposed to. Now you have to face Gurriel, you know, yeah. and so it's it's kind of a, a, a risky play, but it worked out fine. Uh, Scott, you know, managed his bullpen very well, especially with how limited it, it was. Uh, Castillo's probably done for tonight. He's probably not going to pitch. He's thrown quite a few over, uh, although to be fair, not a ton of high stress uh, aside mm-hmm. from the, the Baltimore outing. But still, it's, it's probably they're not going to push him. Uh, I would imagine Seawald will be available today um and honestly pen murphy only threw 12 pitches so he's probably available as well uh i would i would assume castillo and romo are down today but you should have Seawald ready to go um and the rest of your bullpen so we'll see what happens with it but yeah it was it was a great night for the other guys and and it was kind of contributed to this total team win uh that seattle had last night uh everybody uh got on base uh last night at least um yeah, everybody got on base, even Dylan Moore. Um, So <laughs> it was, it was, it was nice, you know. If Robbie Ray was the biggest obstacle to you winning a game, and you still win, that's that's a pretty good one. And by the way, shout out to Jesse Winker 4 hard hit balls last night. Only one hit to show for it, of course. Uh, again, I'm I'm not sitting. I'm not going to tell you that. Oh well, it's a sign that he's going to break out because I'm not falling for that anymore. But. It's better than the alternative, right? At least he's hitting the ball hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, shout out to the other guys. Don't mm-hmm. go chasing waterfalls, fellas. That's going to do it for our show today. You're Thank free- you so much for joining us on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S-D-A-N-E. GNZLZ, and Colby at cpat 11 that's cpat 11 You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Go M's. Peace.